BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. Today's co-host from the Rock Strikes 10 podcast is Joey Haney, a guy I used, recently saw out in Las Vegas. Joey, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you doing? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk to you about music. This episode, we're going to talk about great stuff that came out in 2014 and the one thing I've learned about you from your podcast is you're a guy who really knows his music. I've been turned on to stuff by listening to your show. Again, it's the Rock Strikes 10 podcast. We'll have it linked through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. And uh, just real quick, before we get into some of the the best of songs and albums of 2014, have you always been a music guy? Is it is it something that's just always been with you since you were a little kid? Or was there a point in your life where you suddenly kind of got obsessive and crazy about music? I, I, in all honesty, I was very obsessive from like day one, and apparently from all my friends I've talked to over the years, my switch went on really early. I'm talking like three years old, four years old. Like my first memories were like reaching for the radio dial to move it until I heard something I liked. So I've always been completely obsessive about music. I learned how to read reading Billboard magazine. You know, wow. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, kids wanted Hot Wheels. I wanted a 45 every week. Nice, so, nice. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I wanted the 45s too, but I also had a pretty big Hot Wheel collection. So oh, there you nothing go. Nothing wrong with that. So before we start talking about music, I real quickly want to mention that it is the holiday season, guys. If you're doing some shopping, we'd love it if you go to talkingmetal.com and use our Amazon links to take you over to Amazon. And then you can do all your shopping from there. And we get a small kickback on it, it is very helpful. And you guys have been great with it. So thank you for using those Amazon links. And again, if you're going to be making a gift purchase on Amazon, just take that extra step. Go over to TalkingMetal.com and use our link to Amazon to open Amazon. Also want to mention that our friend Eric Kluber, who has played in so many great bands from White Wizard to Gypsy Hawk to um, Overloaded, is doing a reunion gig with Overloaded. 
and it is happening in the Detroit, Michigan area at the Token Lounge. I'm not exactly sure what town that's in, but that'll be on December 19th. And again, it's the Overloaded Reunion Show. If I lived in the area, I would definitely be going to see an Overloaded Reunion Show. I used to love their two CDs from back in the day. At least, maybe they had more than that. I don't know. I only had two of them, and they were both great. So check them out if you're in the Detroit area on the 19th at the Token Lounge. And now, Joey, let's talk about this year in music. Was it a good year? How do you feel it compares to 2013? Well, um, I, I always can find records that I like to listen to, whether it's a good year success-wise for any bands or any of the bigs that come out, whether those disappoint, I can always find something between uh, me and a couple of my really close friends that are equally obsessed about music. We can always find stuff. It's, it's weird, you know. I mean, I, I grew, I'm i 35 years old. I grew up in a decent time of music, and uh, the older I get, I don't know if it's the older I get or not, but it seems like I have to dig more. And even for, like, you know, bands that I grew up on, you have to dig for them now to know that they have a new record out. It's a little frustrating, but uh, I also like finding new bands when I can. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, finding new stuff, too. So I, I yeah. don't turn my back on the icons of my youth, and I also like finding new stuff. Yeah, and that's an interesting comment that I want to talk about a little bit because it could lead into one of my favorite albums of the year about the, the digging uh, comment that you made. But you mentioned disappointments. I hate to start things off on a negative, but any big disappointments for you this year? Um, as far as like bands that I was looking forward to putting albums out, um, I don't know. I really the, the only thing from a big band that let me down, and it was more so on a production level, was the Priest album. I'm, I'm with you 100. percent I had a feeling. You, I had a feeling you were going to say that as you started yeah. getting into it. And, yeah. And to me, it's, 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 you know, heads and tails over Nostradamus, in my opinion, as far as the material and everything. And I even like the bonus tracks, but sometimes I can't hear Rob and sometimes I can't hear, you know, the, the mix never seems to get it right. And I'm kind of a production nerd too. So I, I really noticed it on this album. I was greatly disappointed in the, the priest record and really feel that Maybe KK was right. Maybe he left at the the right time, you know. And I also feel like maybe they should have just stopped with Angel of uh, Retribution because I thought that was a great record. And yeah, I did too. I, I feel Good like tour too. Yeah, and I feel like the 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 stuff that they've done they've done since then uh, is maybe tarnishing the legacy a little bit. And even the the tour. Uh, you know, depending on who you talk to and what you read, it seems to me that the tour didn't really do all that well. And it bums me out a little bit because I, yeah. I just, I love Priest. I love, I think they're decent, nice guys. I think they're talented guys. But I, I definitely wonder if they are damaging, I mean, this sounds corny, but, you know, damaging the brand by putting out music nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they pulled a Lulu or anything, and and you know, I don't think they could afford to do that at this point for sure. But uh, you know, it's even even like a, a letdown of a priest record is going to have some pretty decent moments on it, and there were some decent moments on this for sure. It just wasn't the monster that we know it could be. 
that's the thing about it. They have such a high bar of quality over the years. Right. And yeah. I'm of the opinion, I, you know, I, I, I love me some metal, but one of my favorite Priest albums is Point of Entry. And oh, great record. I, I love when they embrace, you know, the more pop aspect of it. I always point to bands like Maiden and Priest that did it back in the day that could do metal. It could be as heavy as they wanted. A band that could write Beyond the Realms of Death could also do a song like Hot Rockin', you know. Yeah. yeah. And be, be totally fine. They could do it back to back on the set list and it'd be totally cool. You know, yeah. it's, it's not really like that anymore. And not yeah. even for them, apparently. Point of Entry is such a great record. Desert Plains, one of my favorite Priest songs. So, yeah. so good. Just, so, and, uh, I would, they, 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 they uh, completely went over Point of Entry on their 30th anniversary reissue overhauls. They, oh, completely, they? they completely ignored it. They did British Steel and then they jumped to Scream for Vengeance and they're doing Defenders next year. No Point of Entry. It makes me mad. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And another one that I thought had the potential to be good in a pop hard rock way was the 6 a.m. album, which I I felt just was mediocre to poor modern vintage is the name of the record. I mean, you got guys like Nikki six and DJ Ashba in a band these guys can definitely write a good song. And even some of the 6 a.m. stuff from the earlier records, I, I, although in a way it was, you know, very corporate rock sounding, the songs always struck me as, as strong and powerful. And I just didn't get that sense from the 6 a.m. modern vintage record. I don't know if you heard that record, if you had any thoughts on it. I've heard a decent amount of it, and uh, I heard <laughs> I heard a really funny track-by-track track of it on the Rock and Roll Geek Show. You probably heard the same one. I did uh, not. No, it, I it, got, it got trashed pretty bad. I mean, the single, actually the single got high marks for me and him and a lot of other people. The single is what they should have built that album off of, for sure. It was a step in a different and a right direction. Uh, and you're talking to a guy who used to, like, worship Nikki Six. You know, he didn't do any one thing that really, you know, you know, pissed me off to where I got so mad at him. But like, I, I've never been a big fan of 6am. I feel like it's almost like he's making music that'll fit in the format of the radio stations that, you know, pick up his show, honestly. Right, right. Okay. You mentioned, that's what I like about, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's all I like about you, Mark. You've had 6am on your show. You've had priest on your show. And you still will tell it like it is if that's how you feel. So. Yeah, sometimes I get a little nervous about doing that. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, uh, an album that I think you had to dig for a little bit this year that I really liked and thought was very strong was Michael Shanker's Bridge the Gap record. And just classic metal, if you will, classic hard rock. The mm. melodic stuff that Michael has given us through the years, you know, also reminiscent of Rainbow and Dio in its sound at times. I thought this was such a mm. strong record with such great musicianship and songwriting and barely a blink on the radar, uh, you know, online on and with the, the metal websites and stuff. And I was even at Michael Shanker's Wikipedia page. I didn't spend much time there, but it almost looked like the album wasn't on his Wikipedia page, which I found strange too have you heard that record did you have any thoughts on it yeah i have heard that record actually i was excited about um the the uh the scorpions rhythm section that i grew up on is uh featured on this record as well throughout the whole album so uh, you know if you're a scorpions fan i don't know how you know i guess because of bad publicity but you know or no publicity i guess is the better term but you know it's it's a it's a solid release uh, michael's a legend 
but uh, the material's good enough to where you don't feel like you're giving him a pass because it's actually that good of an album. Yeah, and it did come out in Europe in late 2013. However, in the U.S., it wasn't released until January 2014, which is why I have it on my uh, my best of list. But let's get into some music right now. What do you want to play for the Talking Metal listeners? Ooh, down to me first. All right. Well, uh, you were talking about like technicalities on European versus U.S. releases. I'm playing the one like this for sure. Uh, this album actually came out in the very, very late stages of December 2013. Uh, it was made widely available in the U.S., at least on iTunes, this March. So I'm counting it as 2014. Probably my favorite album of the year. One of my favorite uh, artists going, especially in this modern era, is a guy named Ginger Wildheart. Uh, and he put out a record called Albion uh, this year, which you can get a 10-song version of it on iTunes. But if you go support it on uh, you know, the Pledge Music page, you get like 15 songs uh, 10 okay. for the same amount of money. And uh, so that's Canada, it's definitely in my top albums of the year for sure, if not my favorite. Awesome. The guy's, well, the guy's great. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've heard him. but uh, Definitely heard him, yeah. He's always doing interesting stuff. I mean, he never it's like he never sits still and he can't decide what kind of music that he's going to play ever. But that's kind of what makes him great. It can be like a Beach Boys harmony one second. And it could be a Motorhead riff the next. So, cool. Yeah, my wife was actually at his show when he was here in New York. Uh, oh, I like jealous. three, four months ago. But yeah, let's check it out right now on Talking Metal. Yeah. 
just heard was Cambria by Ginger Wildheart. And the name of the record, Joey, that that's off of? Uh, the name of the record is Albion, A-L-B-I-O-N. And oh. I get it from the Pledge Music site because obviously he's going to get more money from it. And you get extra songs without spending a penny more. So. Excellent. And as we were listening to that song, I did check the Michael Shanker Wikipedia page, and I was incorrect. Bridge the Gap is listed on, on the dis- disco- discography on that wikipedia page so i want to get into one of my favorite records of the year which is the california breed self-titled record i mean glenn used just such an underrated talent in in rock and roll and hard rock from deep purple to black sabbath to all his great solo records that a lot of times are even more funk oriented than than hard rock to um what was the band? Was it Black Black County Communion? Black Country Communion. Black, yeah, Black Country Communion. Yeah, uh, which kind that, of blended wrong with funk, <laughs> right? Which blended into um, this band, California Breed, yeah. which featured Jason Bonham on drums, who then ended up, I feel like, mysteriously leaving the project after the the album was released. You think it's maybe once he signed that supposed uh, contract for Zeppelin that never, you know, they said that everybody else signed it except for Plant. So maybe that that has something to do with it. He had to bail quick because he thought that this would actually happen. I don't know. I've heard. I mean, the other rumor is that he's like working with with Sammy Hagar and Jimmy Page. Have you heard that? Yeah, I've heard that rumor. I mean, uh, Bonham toured with uh, Hagar all of last year and he shows that he did was Bonham. And, oh yeah. Uh, okay. So he's based uh, for all intents and purposes. It looks like he is Sammy's drummer for the time being playing with Vic Johnson and Michael Anthony and doing like Zeppelin Van Halen. It's like, you know, the best of the best kind of sets. So that's it's an exciting, uh, what if, especially with the Jimmy page joining rumors. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine him walking away from this California breed project because it's just, it's so great. Uh, they did replace him with a really great drummer, the guy from Queens of the Stone Age. I think Joey Castillo. Oh, Castillo, yeah. yeah, great drummer. Yeah, yeah. So he's now in the band, and they are out there touring. Anyways, let's check out a song right now off of California Breeds. 
self-titled 2014 release. This is The Gray. just heard was the gray by california breed 
you posted it as your number one album on yeah uh, i think it's so strong I, I really think every every song on the record is great and powerful yeah, and i'm, I'm kind of new to the like in the last few years i'm late to the glenn hughes party but everything i've been picking up i've just been like yeah i mean some of the things like i could tell you would probably shock you but you know the first time I heard burn top to bottom has just been in the last few years, you know, stuff like that. And just Glenn yeah. Hughes. It's ridiculous. I, I just found out this year that that's him singing background on misunderstood by Motley Crue like that. Uh, it, yeah. Just weird, random things like that. And yeah. he definitely stole the show on the Dio tribute album this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the rainbow cover is ridiculous. Such a great talent. And, uh, you know, somebody who's just never been quite there in the mainstream, you know, and, and uh, but just had this incredible career and released so much great music through the years, much of which is available on iTunes and Spotify. So definitely do your fa- yourself a favor, guys, and check out Glenn Muse. Come Taste the Band with Tommy Boland on the guitar is oh. just a, an interesting record and such a beast and such a, a, a great record. If you don't know that record, I highly recommend you check it out. The dual lead vocals of, of Coverdale and Glenn Hughes. You just can't, you can't beat that. It's one of the greatest bands ever assembled. And maybe it was by accident, but it just, they just smoke. I mean, as, as good as like that first David Lee Roth solo band, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So another album I really dug a lot, and I'm going to post my top 20 guys on TalkingMetal.com in today's show notes. It'll be the top 20 albums of 2014 as picked by me. Uh, But another record that's coming in high on my list is Bruce Bouillet's The Order of Control, a record that I first heard in 2013 when he sent it to me, uh, like some audio files of it, but I, I it hadn't been released until many, many months later in 2014. This is an instrumental record, and it just kills. The, the sense of melody that this guy has is just awesome, and it's just so catchy, so melodic, and it's a lot of shredding, you know, and, and there are some shred records I just can't listen to because they give me a headache, you know. I'm with you on that. David T. Chastain and, and Tony McAlpine. There's certain songs by those guys I like, but in, in general, I, I just get like kind of a headache. This mm-hmm. record, he just rips, but the the songs are just so incredibly catchy and and emotionally powerful. To me personally, you know, and uh, I highly recommend everybody check out Bruce Bouillet's The Order of Control. You know much about him, Joey? Well, I mean, most of it's from Talking Metal. So, you know, if Bruce is listening, which I'm sure he is, uh, I I was made aware of Bruce's stuff through Talking Metal. And after you played it uh, just a few weeks ago on the show, I went and listened to the album. And I, 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 I don't have a copy physically yet, but I will definitely be picking one up for sure. And I'm, I'm a hard sell with instrumental albums as well. I think there's a few guys doing it really interesting. John Five's albums are always uh, interesting to listen to because there's so much variety on it. You know, Friedman's. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a solid release. I like it a lot, actually. Speaking of Marty Friedman, I really dig the album he put out this year, Inferno, which has some instrumentals, some vocals, just a, another real powerful album with all different types of musical styles and it's weird because with Friedman I always preferred Megadeth before he joined believe it or not so his first three records 
especially the second and the third record for me with Megadeth that were that's that's the classic Megadeth for me. Most people disagree with me and feel that it's the Marty Friedman era of the band. I don't necessarily disagree with you, um, but like about 90, 91 is where I first got really heavy into Megadeth. I was always very aware of them. I mean, I saw P-Cells on MTV for the first time when it was new and thought it was awesome and amazing. I've always had a huge affinity for that Rest in Peace lineup because I, Rest in Peace is definitely a perfect album. And I'll also say that uh, I never understood Countdown to Extinction uh, as a favorite top record of theirs. I always thought Euthanasia was the better album because it had better songs on it, honestly. Right. But uh, Marty's records are so fun. And the the variety he went for in this album was... Uh, made it a very cool record one of the best of the year awesome let's check out a track off of behemoth's record from 2014 it's called the satanist this is called oh father oh satan oh son
little behemoth here on talking metal from 2014 you know much about those guys joey uh mostly through my really good friend logan he's a heavier heavy metal fan than i am quite honestly uh but this is one of his favorite bands and uh, so i've i've heard this album so and uh, you know i'll say the generic thing that a lot of guys say it's the vocals are a tough sell with me the playing is amazing on it so i i, I did enjoy the record on that front but uh you know, uh, so Behemoth is a top band uh, for real heavy metal fans right now. So much respect to them. You know, the one thing that, that struck me about the record is, again, it just hit an emotional chord with me, especially knowing everything that Nurgle has gone through with, with cancer and, and yeah. beating the cancer and his lack of religious beliefs and, and stuff. I just I don't know. I just really have a lot of admiration for what he went through. And I. I will say that that may have influenced my ears when listening to this album. However, maybe not because I just, I just really think that it's, it's a powerful artistic statement and I'm like you. I mean, you know, I, I try, I like some death metal, some more extreme forms of metal, but I'm, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm more of a traditional heavy metal, hard rock guy for sure. But yeah. there's something about this album that I think is really special and really strong, and I suggest that people check it out. Let's move on. What else do you have on your list, on your on your plate from 2014 that you want to share with the Talking Metal listeners? Well, I'll, I'll stick with the, the heavier side of things. Something I wanted to bring up definitely on the show, because uh, I feel like even in the metal, like the heavy, heavy metal circles, uh, this album didn't really get much attention or love. And I think it's kind of a shame because this band has been doing it very well consistently for a couple of decades now. I'm talking about Crowbar from New Orleans. Uh, Crowbar is one of the heavier, you know, like bands that is an obvious, you know, influence by Sabbath. And uh, if, if people aren't familiar with their stuff, um, you pretty much, you hear, it's kind of one of those bands, you, you hear one song, you know what you're going to get from them. But I've always loved the vocals, just uh, hearty, as I like to say. Uh, but 
their album Symmetry in Black that came out this year, I think is one of the more enjoyable heavy metal albums that I've heard all year. So uh, I would recommend that Crowbar record because no one else is talking about it. I don't know why. I guess it just kind of got lost in the shuffle or something. All right, cool. Well, let's check something out off of the Crowbar record right now. What do you want to play for the uh, listeners? Uh, this one is uh, called Walk With Knowledge Wisely.
What you just heard was Walk With Knowledge Wisely by Crowbar. Good pick, Joey. Thanks for educating me on some music from 2014 that I had to no knowledge of. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the show, because you do this great show called The Rock Strikes 10, where you pick 10 songs and play them and talk about them, right? Tell us a little bit about your podcast and where the listeners can check it out. Yeah, you know, like I was always struggling on what kind of rock and roll show I wanted to do because, you know, everybody has a show at this point, right? So uh, I figured if I stuck to 10 because I could go on and on, but uh, every show is completely different and the the 10 lists are is, you know, whatever I think to do that week. So there's always a theme and it could go anywhere. I mean, you can play anything from the Beach Boys to Slayer and... Uh, you know, but it has to fit the theme of the show. So if you don't like this week's show, next week you might actually love that one. So it's so it, it doesn't lead to a lot of like mainstream appeal, I guess. But I love the show and I wouldn't change it for anything. And I just hope people will give it a chance. Rock Strikes Ten, yeah. It's on iTunes. And it, what's the website address? Uh, the website is cnjradio.com. C is in Chris, N as in Nola, J as in Joey, radio.com. So there's other podcasts on it as well, including a, a great show called The Synaptic with Randy Brown. It's a true alternative show. It's completely different from my show, but it's like a, a college radio show, like back in the day, like the good ones, cool. where they have no format. So <laughs> Excellent. We will uh, link it through today's show notes. Right now, let's get into some Al Storm. This is off the Sunset on the Golden Age record. This song is called Drink. Crime and crime doesn't pay And we go home 
little Al Storm off the Sunset on the Golden Age record. You know, I'd heard of these guys. I didn't really know much about them. I was up at Heavy Montreal, the big heavy metal festival this past summer, and they were playing the side stage. And I went over to just kind of take a peek at them. And the audience was going insane. They were just on fire. And I was immediately sold hook, line, and sinker with these guys. Checked out the latest album, which I think is really strong. It's gimmicky. They claim to be pirate metal. All the songs kind of have this pirate theme about them, much like a band we used to have on on Talking Metal years ago called Swashbuckle, who are still around, still doing their thing. They're a New Jersey band. However, I feel like Alstorm kind of take what Swashbuckle was doing and uh, yeah, I hope they're not listening, but they do it better, you know, and, and they're, they're such great songs, such great musicianship. Any knowledge or thoughts on these guys? And you can say they suck if you don't like them. No, no, no. I, I, I'll, I'll give my honest opinion. I, I, it's probably not anything I'm going to pick up, uh, but I did listen to the album. And the, the, the first thing that struck me almost immediately, and I, I'm assuming they are European. Uh, but Scotland. They're from Scotland. Ah, yeah. From a production standpoint and a vocal standpoint, and uh, this isn't a bad thing because I love this band, but they they remind me a lot of Lordy, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if for some reason it turned out, like, you know, I'm assuming they don't have hidden identities like Lordy do, but if they had, if, if, they, if it turns out they're the unmasked version of Lordy, I would not have been surprised in the least. Well, Lordy did have a, a new album out this year, which I listened to once, and it didn't really pull me in. I don't even know what it was called off the top of my head but uh, it's you called, hear I, I heard a little bit of it scare force one i believe it's called right okay, okay. Uh, but and, and the last one was kind of a letdown too and i hate to say that uh because i really really like the band but i think uh, a rockalypse might have been the peak maybe of, of that band but I, I hope they bounce back and because they were always really good at th- that that new wave of heavy metal that i like where it's it's heavy but really catchy that that sweden influence you know that i like so much right you know right. like ghost you know yeah so. oh yeah definitely love ghost i i wish they would have put something out in uh 2014 but hopefully 2015 anyways this band is out of chicago it's really from the way i understand just one guy chris and he has a band uh, many bands and one of them is high spirits and this is off their 2014 release you are here the song is called I need your love.
I Need Your Love by High Spirits, that classic hard rock sound that they just, they get it right. You know, there's so many, so many bands that, that try to do a classic hard rock or heavy metal sound in, in 2014, you know, in contemporary times. And they just, they embrace all the, you know, digital editing and, and the digital sounds and, and they don't remember that part of the reason hard rock and heavy metal, like the new wave of British heavy metal, for example, was so great was, was, was it, it just had this like kind of low fi awesomeness to it, you know, and, and it was just energy and, and, you know, the drums weren't sampled. There was, there was so much just real musicianship going on there and, and lack of production, a punk rock, do it yourself vibe. And high spirits kind of takes me back to, to that, uh, that attitude in some ways. Yeah, I love when bands, uh, you know, the, a lot of them talk about it now in interviews. They're going back to the old boards now, which is nice. You know, it's like Pro Tools is great for editing, but you don't want to record with it in the sense that it's going to take that soul out of it. And, you know, when you hear bands like that, or like like Ghost we were referring to earlier, they're obviously using old boards. There's no way they're yeah. recording digitally. And if they are, I'd be completely shocked to find that out. But going back to tape, that that's the way you're going to keep that sound alive. Yeah, and also just not, editing the shit out of stuff where where you know yeah. where, when you hit a wrong note you you just go with it and you don't worry about going back and you know fixing every little nuance and and you know I've heard of things where they 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 take the drum tracks and they actually replace every sound with a sample <laughs> and it just you know sounds ridiculous to me but that's that's what people do nowadays and I yeah. think it's important that people go back to the uh to the uh you know old production styles not always but for for certain styles of music it's refreshing to hear people do that i guess that's what yeah. i'm saying so it's good enough for sabbath and zeppelin i think it's good enough for your band that i haven't heard of so yeah and there, exactly. you know there was a band called spell which we had on talking yeah. metal this this yeah. year and i really after i released my um best of 2014 list really thought about it a lot and kind of wished I would have included their record because they were just excellent. And if you haven't heard them, you should definitely check them out. I'll link them through today's show notes. And why don't we actually hit a little spell right now? This is off of the album that was released this year. Spell.
What you just heard was the band Spell off the album Full Moon Sessions, which I have on vinyl. And again, that that's what I'm talking about. Listen to those guys. They they just they just uh, they just go for it. They're totally embracing that old production style. And again, that might not be for everyone, but I think in certain cases it works. I heard uh, some some demos of Paul Diano's knocking around right now. It's going to probably turn into a record. And they sounded like Paul Diano playing with Avenged Sevenfold. And it's like, you know, I said to the guy who sent them to me, I, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear Paul Diano like lo-fi. I want to hear him with a production much like the, the 2014 Black Tide record or the Spell record. I want to hear Paul Diano in that realm. And I think that's what his listeners want to hear. And that's, you know, you look at a producer like Rick Rubin, that's why he's so great. He's been able to take people and bands from Metallica to Johnny Cash to Neil Diamond to Slayer, you name it. You know, Jay-Z, back Tom Petty, back to what made them great in the first place and remind them. And sometimes a part of that is production value. Absolutely. I'm a big, big believer in that. What else you got for us? What else should we check out from 2014, Joey? Okay. I'm going to go with this one uh, because uh, I, I I know it's getting some attention, in, but I think it's mostly just in the fan circles. But uh, I'm also new to the party on this guy, even though I've been very aware of him. I finally dove in and bought the record actually from a Best Buy, which was amazing that they even had it. Wow. But I guess they had a deal with the, I think it's Inside Out Music. I think they have a deal with them to where they actually carry their stuff. But uh, Devin Townsend Project's new release, Z2, is ridiculous and amazing to me. It's two full-length albums. They're two completely different albums. It's not just like you know one thought on two discs. They're separate albums to whereas one album is this really weird sci-fi opera concept you know, metal, of course, uh, just a hybrid of genres, and it's got a lot of acting on it. So it's not for everybody, but it's really interesting. So I'd recommend that. But then there's the other side of the coin, the the more straight-ahead album for his band, uh, which is the other disc on there. And that album is called Dark Matters, if I'm not mistaken. One's called Sky Blue and one's called yeah. Dark Matters, but I've been listening to them a lot, especially the straight-ahead one. And uh, I could pick... You know, it's one of those generic phrases. I could pick any song off of this, and it would give you a decent representation of what the album's about. Uh, I played a song from it on my show, but I'll go with a different one okay. uh, called Midnight Sun. Let's give that one a try.
Jackson. What you just heard was Midnight Sun by Devin Townsend. I'm so glad you picked that, Joey, because I've been seeing this album end up on a lot of best of year-end lists. And I've been a casual fan of, of Devin Townsend through through the years and think he's put out some some great stuff. However, I haven't laid my ears on this record yet, and that's one of the reasons it didn't even have a chance and ended up ending up in my top 20 of the year because I, I didn't hear it. And it's a problem I have when, you know, working full time, having two kids, just yeah. trying to produce and do three to four podcasts a week. You know, I do Mitch LaFon's show now editing and co-hosting with him. And it's just, it's so much that I have trouble keeping up with everything. The new yeah. ACDC, for example, one of my favorite bands of all time. I know I'm getting the CD for Christmas, but, uh, you know, believe it or not, I have not listened to the record. I heard like one song. Sure. So that was another one that really had no chance in ending up in my my top 20. I guess what I'm doing is giving a little disclaimer here for sure. uh, <laughs> albums and that are are missing from my top 20. The yeah, top 20. That's all going to happen to all of us for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's set like aside some time for that Devin Townsend because it's, you know, because of the conceptual nature. I will. Of especially the first one, you're going to need to set aside at least an hour. And it's a massive sci-fi heavy concept, so I think you're going to really dig it, if I know you well, Mark. So. Right. Yes, I would definitely like to check it out, and I definitely will. What else? Let's do two more songs here, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, yeah. Why don't, why don't we get into some Paul Bear? That's on both of our lists. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, this is a band that I only started listening to like a few weeks ago when I saw people start to really rave about it pitchfork the ultra cool hipster website which i kind of have a love-hate relationship with uh listed it as something great and then i saw some people on facebook mention it and it is great it's it's not always easy on the ears you know there's some of the the harmonies and stuff that strike me as almost dissonant i don't know if that's the word but you know a little out there but yet complexed in some ways. And yeah. I, I think this is a, a band that everyone should at least listen to once and check out. 
I am enjoying the album for sure. Yeah, for you like Sabbath fans, they you know how could you not be influenced by Sabbath if you're a metal band, obviously, but you know for whatever they call it, doom metal, stoner metal, it's got a lot of those aspects. But the guy can sing too. Like there's yes. good harmony on this record. Yeah, I mean the vocal harmonies really struck me as something unique and special. Yeah, and and from a little rock Arkansas of all places. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, let's check it out. What do you want to play off the off the record? Oh gosh. Well, what song is it? I, I know sometimes you do excerpts, but that might be a good thing here because there's ten minute songs, eight minute songs on this record. Goodness, going back to uh, the playlist of it. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Maybe, well, I'd say well, play play them a little worlds apart. It's ten minutes, but you know, maybe cut it. And, yeah, uh, we'll do a sound sample of worlds. Sure, apart. very good. worlds apart.
what you just heard was Paul Bear here on Talking Metal, 2014 release. Joey, I think we better wrap it up. This has been a great episode talking with you about 2014 hard rock and heavy metal. But before we uh, before we sign off here, outside of hard rock and heavy metal, what were some of your favorite songs or albums from 2014? Oh, goodness. You know, this was an equal rock year, you know, non-metal year for me as it was metal. Uh, I, I'm going to go with some of the non-obvious stuff. Like, you know, anybody could talk about Jack White of the Black Keys and what have you. But uh, I'm going to shout out to a record by a band called Heavy Tiger. They're from Sweden, and they have an absolute Runaways influence. Okay. Uh, wow, don't know them. That's a good one. It's called uh, Saigon Kiss, I believe. And uh, Brody... Brody's record. Have you heard yeah. that? Yep, that I saw her. Awesome. I saw her play live too, and that is a great record. And she live, she didn't sound quite as good as on record, but yeah, the the album is just great. What is it called? It's uh, pulling it up right now. Hang on. Yeah, I got it on my I, Spotify. It is. Yeah. I have one more that I really Diploid really love. love. Yeah, yeah, and. uh I got to do one more, then then I'll I could go on and on, but uh, I'm gonna have to also this band called Self. Uh, they've been around for a while, but uh, just the amount of and I've talked about this a lot on the show here today, but the variety of influence uh, this guy, uh, the band Self, and it's an EP called Super Fake Nice, and the influences range from like ELO to Prince, uh, you know, to stuff that could get played on Top Forty nowadays. So uh, check out Self's Super Fake Nice EP. Excellent. Cool. I want to end with a track that features Mike Portnoy on drums. The band is Big Elf, the album Into the Malstorm from 2014. I just love this song. I'm always a sucker for a song about aliens. This one is called Alien Frequency. Again, guys, check Joey out on the Rock Strikes 10 podcast. Let's do this again. I'm Obviously using a lot of co-hosts lately, Joey, uh, just because John has been so busy handling the A stuff. Believe it or not, I haven't heard from John in like three weeks. I'm starting to wonder if he's pissed at me. But um, I think I saw saw Ace last week. It was was awesome. Oh, cool, cool. And we can't forget that Ace had an album out this year called Space Invader that John was uh, involved with, uh, I think more so than he actually got credit for in my humble opinion uh but he did get a songwriting credit on it and not no production credits or co-producer or associate producer credits which uh could be debated if he should have gotten those and listen one of the reasons i feel ace is doing so well lately and has had this uh resurgence i i you know i really feel it's because of john because i i hear everything he's doing with ace and guiding ace and and, you know, I, I, I really people have said, oh, well, he's just a fan. You know, a lot of the Kiss fans think that, oh, Ace shouldn't have a Kiss fan working for him. Yes, Ace should have a Kiss fan working yeah. for him because and, a Kiss fan wants Ace to embrace his his Kissness. And that is what yeah. Ace is doing. And, and and if I may, um, you know, it's it's cool that he does the icons too, which is fine. But I, I, I hope that he wants to play as many shows as humanly possible because, I gotta say, and I, I'm a I'm a current Kiss fan too, by the way, of the current lineup. I love them all, but Ace's playing is ridiculous right now. So hopefully he'll tour the crap out of this record and show people that he's got the chops, and still does. And Richie's doing great. The whole band, Scott's great. 
Yeah, that, that band is smoking, and people need to go see this tour. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on Talking Metal. As a fan of all eras of Kiss, you got to go see this Ace tour. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree. And it was great seeing you in person, Joey, out in Las yeah. Vegas at the Kiss show. Those and, shows were so good, weren't they? Yeah, they were a lot of fun, <laughs> and it was nice to to meet up with you in person. And I'll definitely post a picture in today's show notes of Joey and I hanging out at the Kiss show on November 22nd in, in yeah. Las Vegas. Look, look for us on the DVD when it comes out. Yeah, that's we'll, right. That's right. We'll be on there for sure. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and to end today's show, this is Alien Frequency, a 2014 track that was released by the band Big Elf. Right. All right, cool. All right, man. Excellent. What if you could be Jamaica? What would you have say? Who am I? Who are they? Where do you come from? What's beyond the Milky Way? Are we the only ones? fantasy Is there a God behind the sun Oh Well it's not plain to see Sounds of it.